Friends, when we talk about being disciples of Jesus Christ, at its core, discipleship is about imitation. So to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is to be an imitation of Jesus Christ. And we know from Scripture that the more that Jesus abides in us and we in Him, the more we become like Jesus. The more we talk like Him and pray like Him and study the Scripture like Him and give like Him and love like Him and obey like Him. As we look at the life and ministry of Jesus in all four of the Gospels, it becomes clear that Jesus orients his entire life and ministry around three important relationships. You'll see this on the screen. We call it the integrated life triangle. In all four Gospels, we see Jesus regularly prioritizing time with his Father, being up with him. Whether it was in synagogue worship weekly or, or going off by himself to pray. We also see Jesus prioritizing in relationships, in with other believers. Letting them get close to him for three years of his life. Staying in their homes, staying in their villages. And we also see Jesus prioritizing out relationships with people who do not yet believe in him. Jesus spends time with the thief on the cross to bring him into his kingdom. I think of Nicodemus. I think of the woman at the well. And so to be disciples of Jesus, to be imitators of Jesus, means that we too, as we follow him, begin to prioritize these three relationships in our own walk with Him. Last week, Pastor Micah talked about living up with our Heavenly Father and how do we lean into that relationship and know our God more. Today we're going to talk about in and the importance, as Pastor Kittle talked about, of having other Christians, enjoying their company and fellowship, and doing life together. To see this not only with Jesus, but in the life of those closest to him. As you can tell by the props, this morning we are going fishing. Let's take a look at the 21st chapter of John. He writes, After these things, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and two other of his disciples were together in Simon Peter said to them, I am going to fish. They said to him, we also are coming with you. 
they went out and got into the boat, not a boat. Whether it was Simon Peter and his brother Andrews, or it was James and John for their father uh, Zebedee, they got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. It's important for us to spend a little bit of time here in the setting of our text. John begins, after these things, what does he mean, after these things? All those crazy events of Holy Week. Their rabbi riding into Jerusalem on a donkey with people laying palms and shouting Hosanna. Jesus going into the temple and turning over tables and calling his father's house a house of prayer. In an upper room, Jesus getting on his knees and taking a towel and washing the feet of his disciples. Jesus taking the Passover meal and saying, this is my body, this is my blood. One of their own betraying him, going out and then coming back into the garden with a band of soldiers where he is arrested and mocked and eventually executed. And then three days later, behind locked doors, Jesus appears to ten of them in the upper room. And then eight, seven days after that, on day eight, again, but now Thomas is there. After these things, Jesus revealed himself to the disciples yet again. In fact, John mentions that seven of them are together, they are in with each other in Galilee. To go from Jerusalem to the northeast of Galilee is about an 80-mile excursion. So doing the math myself, we are somewhere between day 10 and day 37 after the resurrection. Remember on day 8, Thomas was with them and Jesus appeared to the disciples in that upper room. But 80-mile trip up to Galilee, that's got to take at least two or three days, which puts us at day 10. Jesus ascends into heaven on what day? The 40th day. That also is back in Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives. So I have to get two or three travel days again to go from Galilee back down to the Mount of Olives. So that puts us somewhere between day 10 and day 37 after Easter. And I love the pictures of the disciples here, at least these seven. We might sometimes think that once Easter happened, the light bulb went on and they pieced all of it together. They had full understanding. Not at all. We see this disciples here still wrestling, still struggling, still trying to come to grips with everything that just happened a few days prior. It's almost like the disciples are, are still in a state of fear and worry and anxiety, almost not knowing their purpose yet. And so it's as if Peter says, I'm going back to what I 
no. I am going to fish. And the other six say, we are coming with you. For Ariel, they likely fished on the Sea of Galilee is what's known as the Seven Springs. Today they have found six of these seven springs in that area of the Sea of Galilee. And where the springs come into the Sea of Galilee, the water is warmer. So it's a natural place for fish to congregate, not just then, but I read that it's still a popular fishing spot today. And what's interesting, if you go all the way back to Matthew 4, for the first four disciples, that's where it all began. The Sea of Galilee, near those seven springs. Like Jesus is going to bring them back full circle where it started. Here's a picture of where we are at geographically. You can see the area in the northwestern corner of that Sea of Galilee. And John notes, these fishermen fished all night. Nighttime fishing is the best. Generally, the larger fish come up at night into the shallows to feed on the smaller fish. As well as if they catch fish at night, what can these fishermen do in the morning? Take their fresh fish to the market for sale. I read elsewhere that likely they fished with about a 15-foot round net. So imagine them all night taking this net, winding it together, throwing it over the side of the boat, waiting for it to go down, and then pulling it back to the boat. Putting the net back together, throwing it out there again, pulling it back to the boat. All night, casting, dragging, casting, dragging, casting, dragging. And John says, they got skunked. In 1986, due to a drought, this fishing boat dated to the first century Palestine in the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee was found in the bottom of the beach. And there were some of the nails that they found there around it. This was a boat probably very much like the disciples were in that day. About 27 feet long, 7 feet wide, about 4 feet high. Couldn't be too high because they had to throw the net over and pull it back in and then get the catch into the boat. But the best of the best, these professional fishermen, fished all night and got Nothing. With a net by one of the best fishing spots in the Sea of Galilee. I wonder if later, sometime after these events, John reflected back on Jesus' words in the upper room where Jesus said, Without me, you can do nothing. 
But their great recession that night was about to change. Because as the Bible says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Espresso or not, joy comes in the morning. And John continues, just as daylight was beginning to break, Jesus stood on that shore. Yet the disciples didn't know it was Jesus. Yes, it was still dark. Yes, we John know, John later tells us they were a hundred yards off the shore and trying to make a clear person out in the darkness a hundred yards away would be hard. Or maybe Jesus did conceal himself a little as he did to Mary Magdalene on Easter morning. But the focus is here on what Jesus calls out to those professionals. He said, children, today would be like lads or gents. Haven't you caught anything? I used to fish Lake Erie when I was a pastor in Buffalo, New York. And I would troll for walleye. And there were several times where I would come back and back the boat back in the garage. And Angie would hear and come out the door and say, hey, how'd you do? And it was the hardest question ever. Nothing. I got skunked. And that's exactly where Jesus goes. <laughs> hey guys, you didn't catch anything, did you? <laughs> no, they yell back. But Jesus says to them, throw the net on the right side of the boat and you will find. And Hebraic thought, the right side is the side of love and mercy and grace and favor. And a few days later, when Jesus ascends to the Father, he ascends to what side? The right hand, the side of grace and mercy and favor and love. On the last day, when Jesus comes back, Matthew 25, Jesus tells us he will separate the sheep from the goats, believers from unbelievers. The sheep are gathered to his right side. You will be on his right, the side of love and mercy and grace and favor. Throw your net on the right side and you will find. And so out of probably exhaustion and desperation, and maybe this is a fisherman giving in some wisdom, they throw it on the right side. But this time, these seven were not even strong enough together to pull the net back because of the multitude of fish. It's a miracle. It's revelatory. 
As soon as that neck goes, John connects the dots. And he yells out to Peter, It is the Lord! Imagine the excitement. Since he was crucified, Peter's only seen his Lord twice. Easter evening and eight days later. This could be several days after. And as soon as John says it is the Lord, we can almost hear the kaplunge. Peter puts on his outer garment, for the creek says he was naked. I mean, if you were fishing in the complete dark on a boat with close friends and all night you were doing this, you might want to air some body out as well. But Peter puts on his outer garment and throws himself in. And he's headed to Jesus. And John says, the other disciples came in the small boat, dragging the net of fish. For they were not far from the land, about a hundred yards. And this time when they stepped out of the boat, like so many other times, something was different on the shore this time. This time when they stepped on shore, they saw a bed of embers with some bread and fish already baking. Maybe even they smelled the aroma of food. And I'm sure they were famished after working all night long. And Jesus says to them kind of an odd thing. Bring from the fish that you've caught. In other words, we have a God who is a God not of scarcity, but of abundance and plenty. Add more fish to breakfast. We are having a beach buffet, guys. Just as earlier in John 2, Jesus took the stone water jar, six of them that would have held 20 to 30 gallons of water each, and he turned it into the finest wine they had ever tasted, maybe 160 gallons of wine at this wedding reception. We have a God of plenty. And then later in John chapter 6, 5,000 people are hungry. Jesus takes five loaves and two fish, feeds them all that they want until they are full, and even 12 baskets of leftovers are gathered. He is a God of plenty. And now, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee by the seven springs, Look at what John notes. A hundred and fifty-three what kind of fish? Large fish. The Greek word there is mega. The big ones, baby, because we have a God of abundance. And so at Jesus' words, Bring some more. Peter went aboard and dragged the net 
on to land, it sounds like, by himself. If the average large fish was even three to five pounds, and there's 153 of them, that net could have been five, seven hundred pounds, maybe more. Do you get the picture that Peter would be on the front of Men's Health magazine? Just chiseled and probably ripped. Certainly excitement and adrenaline too. But John notes the other miracle that morning. 153 large fish in that small net, and the net was not even rent. And again, I wondered later if Jesus' words came back to John in the upper room. Or in the high priestly prayer, Jesus said to the Father, not one of them was lost. Our narrative now comes to a surprisingly sweet ending. Jesus says to the disciples two words in Greek, come. Dying. We're told, but none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? But that none of them dared still showed what? They were thinking about it in their minds. They were still wrestling. They were still struggling with all these events and this Jesus. But still they knew it was the Lord. And so here we see the frozen chosen. Jesus has just said, come, dine. And they're like this. They're not like, sweet! Oh, we're famished, Lord. Thank you, man. You're the bomb. Gentlemen, let's go. Fish and bread, warm. Jesus now in verse 13, after saying, come dine, goes and he gets the bread and the fish himself and gives it to his disciples. Even after Easter, we see the same Jesus. He is host, and he is provider, and he is even server. And John says, this is now the third time that Jesus revealed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. What an invitation. Come. Dine. Words of challenge would follow this, particularly to Peter, but for right now, just the words, come, dine. Breakfast with Jesus on the beach. And that's all we know. What did they talk about? What was the conversation? The future NFL? Kingdom talk? More clarity on what went down for Holy Week? Catching up on their lives? Talking about fishing? What was the conversation that morning, and how long did it last? 
We don't know. But maybe that's exactly the point. It's just Jesus, alive, coming again to just have some in time with those who were closest to him. Gathering together on the beach around food as the sun was still rising in the east. That's our Savior today who loves to come and be in with you as you love to be in with one another. Here are a couple questions to help reflect on these words a little more. As we think about the value, the priority of in with Jesus and those first disciples, how open are you? You have to have an openness. How open are you to making yourself available and vulnerable to fellow believers as Jesus did? Letting them in and making yourself available. And then what's one small step you could take this week to just enjoy some meaningful end time with another Christian or Christians? Go ahead and give that some thoughts, prayer. If you are with someone else, go ahead and have some conversation around that now, and we'll continue momentarily.